1: Potiphar and Pharaoh both felt, this Joseph, he's going to be so faithful, he'll never seek his own pleasure. He'll always put me first. And he proved that with Potiphar's wife's advances. Young guy, hormones raging, he says no. Everything that Potiphar and Pharaoh owned, they put into Joseph's hands because they knew he was a faithful man. Everything Abraham owned, put into the hands of Eleazar of Damascus because they knew he was a faithful man. Because he knew he's a faithful man. Why did God the Father put into the hands of the Lord Jesus Christ? What did he put into the hands of the Lord Jesus Christ? What did God the Father put into the hands of the Lord Jesus Christ? It tells us in John 3.35, The Father loveth the Son and hath given all things into his hand. All things into his hand. Matthew 11.27, All things are delivered unto me of my Father, See, just like uh, Joseph, just like Eliezer, the Lord Jesus Christ in his hand. And the one we just read in Matthew 28, 18, and Jesus came and spake unto them saying, all power is given unto me in heaven and in earth. So all power in heaven and earth given to him. And John 17, 2, speaking to the Father, he says, as thou hast given him power over all flesh, for what? That he should give eternal life to as many as thou hast given him. Power of all, over all flesh to give eternal life. In John five twenty two the father judgeth no man, but hath committed all judgment unto the son, all judgment of every man given to him. So what do we see in the Lord Jesus? We see a person that all things were given to him, that all power in heaven and earth was given to him, that all judgment was given to him. Even the power to say who's gonna get eternal life given to him makes one issue very clear. Anyone has a problem with the Lord Jesus Christ, they have a problem makes our heart go out to the Jewish people when it speaks about the majority of them. In John 1, 11, he came unto his own, his own received him not. Who did they not receive? They did not receive the one that all things were given to. They didn't receive the one that all power, including the power to give eternal life, was given to. They didn't receive the one that all judgment was given to. That's a problem, to not receive that person. So we're looking at the faithful servant here, aren't we? In verse 10. <laughs> whom everything that Abraham had was in his hand. And what do we see him doing here? We see these verbs that express Eliezer took, departed, arose, went. Boy, that's a man of action. He gets the call. He's gone. And what do we see him doing is a challenge for us because our master, our Abraham, the Lord Jesus Christ, he tells us what we just talked about in Matthew 28. And then he says, are you going to be like Eliezer? You're going to go? You're going to bring the gospel to all people? Now, verse 11, it says women go out to draw water, the time when women go out to draw That may seem strange to you, that women doing all this hard work of drawing water for animals. It's not hard if you're in Ethiopia. <laughs> it's so common for the women do all the hard work. Well, I mean, I have pictures of them, and I don't show them because I'll be accused of some kind of abuse. But it's the way the country is. Ninety percent of our employees are women. Our managers our directors. They're women. You know, when we were building the compound there and we had to make the nine-foot wall and they broke up the large boulders of granite, they had these little things that looked like stretchers to women, they carried those big stones, they carried the concrete, they built it, that's the way it is, that's the way it was here. So they were drawing the water. Okay, then in verse 12, now what do we see in verse 12? He said, O Lord God of my master Abraham, I pray thee, send me good speed, show kindness to Abraham. So what's this that we see here? Oh, Lord God of my masters. Eliezer is calling on God, the Lord. He's calling on the Lord God. He knows the Lord. Eliezer knows the Lord. He's calling on him as the God of Abraham. That's a great credit to Abraham because how did this Eliezer of Damascus come to know the Lord God? He didn't go to the movie house in Damascus and see the 10 commandments. You know, how did he do that? because of Abraham. It's Abraham. And so we see here that Eliezer, fruit of Abraham, child of Abraham, and he's no longer with Abraham, but he's honoring the Lord. He's no longer with Abraham, but he's honoring the Lord that Abraham taught him about. What a joy that is for Abraham to hear Eliezer called on the name of the Lord when you weren't there. And what kind of a joy was this for Abraham? It was the kind of joy that John spoke about in 3 John 1, 4, when he said, I have no greater joy than to hear that my children walk in truth. John said that it was the greatest joy in his life. The greatest joy in my life is to hear that my spiritual children are walking in the truth. Solomon spoke about this as special joy. He wrote about it in Proverbs 23, 24. The father of the righteous shall greatly rejoice. And he says, and he that begetteth a wise child shall have joy of him. Paul speaks about this joy, the desire to see his spiritual children, independent of him staying loyal to the Lord Jesus Christ. He says in Galatians four nineteen, my little children of whom I travail in birth again until Christ be formed in you. So he gives birth the first time, all the pain of that, that they should be born again. And then he gives birth the second time that Christ is formed in them. And he reminds them, he says, I have a special relationship with you, Paul says in 1 Corinthians 4.15. Though you have 10,000 instructors in Christ, yet you have not many fathers. For in Christ Jesus, I have begotten you. I have begotten you through the gospel. And then he prays, verse 12. He says, send me good speed. So what's Eliezer praying for here? That God would help him. He's praying that God would help him. When Eliezer prays these words that God would send him good speed, he's asking God, make my endeavor a success. Except the Lord build the house, they labor in vain. Unless you're here, I'm, I'm, I'm here in vain. This is useless, this is worthless for me to go and find a bride for Isaac. is not a person who says, okay, God, I got my instructions, I don't need you now, I can do it by myself. It's not that way. He knew he needed God. Eliezer knew he needed God. And he wasn't slow to pray to God that God would bring him help. And he prayed that God would answer his prayer and he prayed that God would also answer Abraham's prayer and show kindness, show chesed, show grace. To Abraham. And so Eliezer asked God, send him good speed, which is something very important. Here we see that Eliezer, he's doing so much to find a wife for Isaac, but he knew his efforts are not enough unless God was in it. Unless God was there, nothing's going to happen. And so it shows us that when we do our best and we pray to God, you know, we really praying to God. We say, we're going in this direction just like that. We're praying for God. Intersect me. Intersect me, God. I'm going here trying to find a bride for Isaac. I need your intersection. Come here and intersect me with your grace. That's what he's praying for. For the intersection of my efforts with God's grace. And so, because Eliezer had watched Abraham put everything in God's hands, and so Eliezer's doing the same thing, putting everything in God's hands. And now we come by verse four, thirteen. Behold, I stand by the fountain of water. The daughters of the men of the city come out to draw water. and You can really feel, I feel, for it. poor Eliezer here. Boy, he's really out of place, you know. I'm standing by a fountain of water, God, and all these daughters of the city are coming out. I'm the only man who's standing here. I feel so out of place. I'm not even a young man. I'm an old man. <laughs> and uh, what am I doing here? But Eliezer is saying to God, Lord, just look at me. Look at me. I'm standing here. I'm the only man. I'm so weak, I'm so helpless, I'm so unable to find the wife for Isaac, see? And that's the perfect place for Eliezer to be in, because when he felt so helpless, then God says, okay, I'll help you. And now we see in verse 14, Eliezer has come up with this sign. Eliezer concocted this sign. Abraham didn't tell him about this sign, but Eliezer comes up with this concoction, he says in verse 14. He said, now, God, can you make it happen like this? He says, I'm going to go down there, and I'm going to say to one of those women, let down thy pitcher, I pray thee, that I may drink. And she'll say, drink, and I'll give your camels drink also. Now let that one be the one that you have appointed for thy servant Isaac. And that's how I'll know. So the sign is totally Eliezer's idea. But it's a wise idea. Oh, the wisdom in this sign. He's leaning on God. He could have leaned to his own manly understanding. You know what the manly understanding would have been? Like me. I'll go window shopping for the prettiest girl. That's what I'll do. (laughs) That's easy nicest face nicest shape it's a check check but that's leaning to their own understanding or he could have just said something like you know i don't know what to do so if you want to be happy for the rest of your life never make a pretty woman your wife (laughs) you know from my personal point of view get an ugly girl to marry you all right so he could have done that too but it was clear from the sign that eliezer had devised that looks were not his criteria although he did decide to choose the girl to test that it probably was the prettiest there. But there's nothing wrong with that. I mean, the Puritans believed that beauty was of the devil because the devil is an angel of light. But God's made beautiful flowers. God's made beautiful sunset. God made beautiful women. So when you look at the sign that Eliezer has come up with, the question is, what characteristics in a bride is he looking for? See, when we look at the first test It says in verse 14, let it come to pass, the damsel to whom I shall say, let down thy pitcher, I pray thee, that I may drink, and she shall say, drink. Now, this is that first part. What characteristics do you think he's looking for there? What character trait would she have when he says, let down thy pitcher, I pray thee, that I may drink, and she shall say, drink. Now, let me put it the opposite way. Think about this. If she refused and says, I let down my pitcher for no one, pal, go get your own water, right? (laughs) What characteristic would she be displaying there? Selfishness? Well, just stick with the negative. (laughs) What else? Arrogance? Keep going. We're trying to help the guy to get a good bride here, a good wife. So let's make sure we got all of the negative lists correct. All right. Rebellion, right? Refusal to what? Serve and another starts with an S, ends with a T, has an M in the middle of it. Refusal to submit, as Paul said, that's important for a wife in Ephesians 5.22. Wives, submit yourselves unto your own husbands as unto the Lord, Colossians 3.18. Wives, submit yourselves unto your own husbands as it is fit in the Lord. That's important. It's not easy to find a wife to do that. But it's an important character trait for a wife to have, submission to her husband. So that's a test. Eliezer's testing for that, whether we've got that spirit there or not. Eliezer knew that a woman will make a good wife if she's first willing to submit to her husband. And to test this bride's willingness to submit, he comes up with this plan and asks her, Let me take your water, take it off your pitcher, take it off your shoulder, let it down, let me drink. Now, what other characteristic trait is it displaying the potential bride? And she agrees to let her her pitcher down and she says, drink, drink, all right? Okay, well, let me put it a negative way. So what if she had said, I don't know who you are. I have my own flocks and my family to get water for. Sorry, Charlie, okay? What would that be? Greed, insensitivity to the problems of others, and yet, you said earlier, selfishness, not willing to help others. So the character traits here that Eliezer is looking for was a test of he wants to find sensitivity to the problems of other people. That's the virtuous woman. That's the virtuous woman in Proverbs thirty-one ten. Who can find? And Eliezer sitting there thinking, who can find? Is a who can find a virtuous woman? Her price is far above rubies. Proverbs thirty-one fourteen through fifteen. She's like the merchant ships which bringeth her food from afar. She goes and gets whatever it takes. She's going to bring food home. She rises also while it is yet night and giveth meat to her household and a portion to her maidens. Now, does her provision and generosity stop with only providing for the needs of her own? With only providing for the needs of her household? That's my job? No. Proverbs thirty-one twenty. She stretcheth out her hand to the poor. Stretcheth out her hand to the poor. She reaches forth her hands to the needy. She's stretching out her hands to the poor. She's reaching out her hands to the needy. That means she doesn't sit there and the poor and needy and say, well, I'll just wait till the, the letter comes in the mail that says, give a donation, then I'll, you know, write a check. You know? She doesn't say, oh, I'm just going to sit here in the house, and wait till the poor and needy come knock on my door, then I'll give them something. No, it says she stretches out her hand to the poor. She reaches forth her hands to the needy. She's out there. She's looking for the poor. She's looking for the needy. And when she finds them, she stretches out her children and wait for them to even put their hand up. She's stretching out her hand to them. That's a characteristic trait that Eliezer was looking for in A Bride for Isaac. Is this woman only concerned about herself and her own family, or does she have a concern for the needs of others? That's his question. Then what is Eliezer next looking for in A Bride for Isaac when he said that the potential bride should say, and I'll give thy camels drink also? Okay, no, draw it out of you. I'll put it in the negative way <laughs> again. You know, there's a section of Addis Ababa in Ethiopia, the Somali section in Ethiopia, and they have camels, and I hate camels, and I hate to go there. And all those camels, they're walking around the streets, and the restaurants there are serving camel meat. They stink. And the Ethiopians, they won't eat camel meat, but the Somalis eat camel meat. So what characteristic trait would it be if she said to herself, like me, camels, I hate camels, they're disgusting, they smell bad, they slobber and they spit their saliva on you, which they do, they sneeze their mucus, camel mucus on you, which they do, and if I try to pour water in the trough, those disgusting camels are going to stick their head right under the stream of water and make a mess. So let me get as far away as I can from those camels. And as far as I'm concerned, those camels can just die of thirst before I get close to those disgusting beasts, you know? Well, what characteristic trait would she be displaying if she had that attitude, which she did She'd be insensitive to animals. She'd be insensitive to animals. See, Eliezer's test, it was that Eliezer says, I'm gonna say nothing about the camels. See, that was his test. I'm not gonna say a thing about camels. And I wanna see if she is gonna take the attitude I'm on a strict schedule. I don't have time for this man, much less for his camels. Besides, it's hot out here, like today. It's hot out here. And all I want to do is get under a cool shade of tree or a cool tent. And this man and his thirsty candles, they weren't on my plans for today. And I have my plans and my schedule. So I'm just going to pretend that I don't see him. I'm going to walk a long way away. And especially, I'm not going to bring up this issue of the camels. What kind of attitude? That would be inflexibility on her part. That would be a refusal to adapt. That would be an unwillingness to change. That would be putting her needs above the needs of others. And she would have the me first syndrome and she would have the, my first priority is what about me? So Eliezer is looking for a bride who is going to be diligent in searching for the needs of others that she can meet. And that's the description of the virtuous woman in verse 27 of Proverbs 31. She looketh well to the needs of her household and eateth not the bread of idleness. The word she looketh well expresses that she's looking for needs and she hates idleness. That's not her diet, the bread of idleness. So this test of seeing if she will totally on her own see the needs of those camels and then jump in and give those camels drink, that's a test. is looking for a bride who will be diligent, not lazy, look for opportunities to serve, and he's also looking for... The characteristic that's described in Proverbs twelve ten, a righteous man regardeth the life of his beast. Jacob expressed a love for animals when Genesis thirty three, when he's talking to Esau, and he says, My Lord knoweth the children are tender, and the flocks and herds with young are with me. If men overdrive them, all of well, the flocks will die. I will lead them on softly, according as the cattle goeth before me. The Lord commanded a sensitivity to animals in Deuteronomy 25, 4, when he says, Thou shalt not muzzle the ox when he treadeth out the corn. Don't you muzzle him. He's working hard. He's hungry. Let him eat. So you don't have as big a harvest. Let him eat. Don't muzzle him. The last four words in the book of Jonah put it this way. God is expressing kindness to animals. Last four words in the book of Jonah. She says to Jonah, should I not spare Nineveh, the great city, wherein more than six score thousand persons that cannot discern between their right hand and their left hand, and also much cattle? God's concerned about them. So by Eliezer putting this as part of the test, and she shall say, Lord, she's going to say in verse 14, drink, and I'll give thy camels drink also. What Eliezer is really saying is that in order for me to assess the best bride for Isaac, I want to see how she treats animals. I'd like to see that. If Eliezer were here today, he had a potential bride. He would say, I want to see how this woman is around cats and dogs. I want to see if this woman says, get away from me, you mangy mutt. I want to see that. And there's one characteristic he's looking for. He says, I want to see the drink, and I will give thy camels drink also. He's looking for a submissive type of wife, but he's also looking for one with an assertion. He didn't tell her, my camels. This is assertion on her part. I will give thy camels also. That's assertion. And shows his Eliezer searching for a wife that, although submissive, was also assertive. Because he knows Isaac is quiet, Isaac's passive, Isaac's a shmeel, Isaac's a mama's boy. You know, He's in danger of being a reckless, this poor Isaac boy. And Eliezer knows, I've got to have a bride that's not the quiet, passive type, or that would be a disaster. I need a wife with a little bit of assertion here. Not a rebellious wife, a non-rebellious, assertive wife. And Eliezer knows, if I could find one like that, I need a little bit of chutzpah in a little assertive nerve in this wife I'm going to try to find here because that's going to make Isaac blossom. And if one spouse in a marriage is, is, is the quiet and passive Isaac type and the other spouse is the assertive chutzpah Rebecca type, you've got a good marriage. What's beautiful about all these characteristics is that Eliezer is looking for is that Abraham has nothing to do with this plan. This is all Eliezer. All this criteria come from Eliezer. Abraham just says, go get the wife. Don't make sure she's not a Canaanite, and don't take him back there. Eliezer's grabbed the ball and run with it. Eliezer's now put the thought into it. Eliezer's come up with this. That's a picture for us. Abraham gave to Eliezer the principle. The Lord Jesus Christ gives to us the principle, go get a bride for me to be part of my sin, uh, part of my church, who will repent of their sins and receive me as their Savior. But then he says, you want to go door to door? You want to ride the trolley? That's up to you. You put the creation into it. Then, verse 15, it came to pass before he'd done speaking, Rebecca comes. That came as a surprise to Eliezer. He hadn't even stopped speaking, and she's on the scene. He was really surprised. So was Moses, who wrote this, the narrative. He's like, boy, this is something. And so what does it show? Isaiah 65, 24, it shall come to pass that before they call, I will answer, and while they are yet speaking, I will hear. So God said, while they're yet speaking, I will hear. So you put it in verse 14, before he had done speaking, I will hear and then it says Rebecca's appearance described in verse 16. She was very fair to look upon, a virgin. Neither had any man known her. Tov More. She was pleasant to look at. She wasn't an eyesore, all the bulges were in the right place. Like Sarah, she was pleasant to look on. But Rebecca's beauty was far from sensual. Rebecca had a unique beauty, and her unique beauty is described by a virgin. Neither had any man known her. She had a unique beauty of a pure girl. She looked like a pure girl. She had the unique beauty of a woman who was pure from any contact from another man. She didn't look like handled goods on a shelf. She still had the tamper-proof seal on her. She looked like it. She had a beautiful appearance of a pure woman. She had the spirit of a woman who was a virgin. Neither had any man known her. There are some women who are not virgins, and they have been known by men, and they look like they are not virgins, and they look like they've been known by men. And those women are not virgins, and they do not have this verse 16, Rebecca pure woman beauty. On the other hand, there are some women who are virgins and who have not been known by any man, but they look like they are not virgins, and they look like a man has known them. And these women who are virgins do not have this verse 16, Rebecca pure woman beauty. There are some women who are virgins and have not been known by any man, like Rebecca And they look like they're virgins. They look like they've not been known by any man. They have, they are virgins. They have this verse 16, Rebecca, pure girl, pure woman beauty. And there are some women who are not virgins and who have been known by a man, but they look like they are virgins and they look like they've not been known by a man. Those women who are not virgins do have this verse 16, Rebecca, pure woman beauty. A woman who wears low-cut blouses where you can see cleavage, that's a woman who doesn't have the, verse 16, Rebecca, pure woman. Woman who wears short skirts, tight clothes, she's sending a message. That's not the beauty we're talking about. The beauty we're talking about here is unique. It's a special beauty. It's not of a girl, a woman who wears low-cut blouses and shows off her body. It's not that. This is a pure beauty, pure, special special beauty, and that's what's being called out to us here when it says that she was wonderful to look at, pleasant to look at, beautiful appearance to look at. She looked wholesome. She looked pure. She looked like she was keeping herself for God and the man that God would bring her. Let's pray. Father, thank you so much for Eliezer. Thank you for Abraham who charged Eliezer. Thank you for Eliezer who let himself, Lord, have the concerns and the urgency of Abraham transferred to him who thought was creative, who gave a lot of thought. Thank you for Rebecca, for making her, for creating her, for keeping her pure, for for her spirit, for her diligence. Lord, help us to learn from this passage today. In Jesus' name, amen.
0: Sunday Night Church is back. Starting September 25th, join Friendship with God Bible teacher Tom Cantor at the new Friendship with God Fellowship every Sunday night at 5.30 p.m. at the Creation and Earth History Museum in Santee, California. Join us early each Sunday at 4.30 p.m. for food and fellowship with Sunday evening services to follow at 5.30 p.m. Watch Tom Cantor and the service on YouTube Live located on the Friendship with God website. Enjoy encouraging teaching from our Bible teacher, Tom Cantor, in a relaxed and family-friendly atmosphere. Sunday Night Church is back, so join us at the Friendship with God Fellowship every Sunday night at 5.30 p.m. at the Creation and Earth History Museum at 10946 Woodside Avenue North in Santee, California. For more information, call us at 800-247-3051, one 800 or visit friendshipwithgod.org. That's friendshipwithgod.org for the Friendship with God Fellowship.